Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the Musings of Your Mind Elephant podcast. My name is Paul. On today's show, I'll be talking about uh, my United Premier League game um, with Aston Villa at Old Trafford uh, yesterday. And I'll be sharing my thoughts on the performance and all the talking points. And I'll also share my thoughts on the way forward and so many other things. So that being said, let's get right into it. Alright, welcome back to the show. So it's no longer news that Man United lost to Aston Villa at Old Trafford. Uh, we all watched the game. We all witnessed what transpired at Old Trafford. We lost 1-0 to a goal scored by Courtney House in the 88 minutes. And first and foremost, I would like to talk about the uh, Aston Villa performance throughout the game. What an outstanding performance. You know, it is rare for Man United to face a team go toe-to-toe with us, you know, attack us, cause lots of problems, stay compact, all at the same time at Old Trafford, especially if you're not in the big six. In fact, many big six teams already play, well, not not many, a few big six like Leicester and maybe Spurs really play the way Aston Villa played yesterday. And that tells you a lot about the confidence in this Aston Villa team. And it it also shows you how teams apparently have figured out Manchester United's weaknesses and not afraid to implement them. They know we have a very weak midfield, especially when we play Scott McTominay and Fred. They know that these players can be dominated. They know that if you press very, if they press very high, leave little space, Mayoneta will struggle. And that is what we saw uh, yesterday. Many teams have done, well, a few teams have done it this season already. Newcastle tried it. Um, well, Leeds, I don't know, Leeds did not really try it, but um, they left lots of spaces and were able to um, dispatch them quickly. Newcastle, the quality in Newcastle is not as great as Aston Villa. The Aston Villa are clearly better than Newcastle. So you can see what Newcastle did. They tried. The Like I said, the game against Newcastle, game at, against Newcastle at Old Trafford was no way a 4-1 scoreline. Or the performance is not reflected in the scoreline. That scoreline flattered us. Okay, and we will take that. Yes, of course. We had the chances and we buried them. Good. But against Aston Villa, we were not clinical. And I don't understand what is going on at this club at the moment. You know, this defeat is my United's third defeat in four games, in all competitions. Okay, and that is not a good way to start the season. Again, we are starting this season poorly. 
Okay, we've played uh, six games in the Premier League, one game in the Carabao Cup, one game in the Champions League, and we've started poorly. That is, in eight games, we've won, we've lost three already, and won four, drawn one. You know, and it's not like we've been vintage in Man United in all the games we've won. I guess we're stamped. It took a late Jesse Lingard goal and a DJR penalty save to give us that victory. Otherwise, we would have drawn that game. I guess Wolves, it was a late Racing Greenwood winner that won us the game. It wasn't a vintage match in Man United performance. In fact, if not for DJR, we would have been behind against Wolves. But some, for some poor finishing by Roman Saiz, Man United would have been behind against Wolves and probably may have ended up drawing the game or even losing the game. That is two games that we managed to win. Okay, so um, what are we talking about here? You know? So, um, it's so disappointing uh, how we've uh, how we lost the game. Aston Villa were outstanding throughout the game. They showed no fear. They didn't tire out. They were at it to the end, you know. And we even got the lifeline, and we blew it. And of course, the lifeline would have papered over the cracks, but. You it, it you grab those opportunities. We'll talk about that later. In any case, Aston Villa were great. They did very well, and they deserve to win the game, without a doubt. United, on the other hand, we lack control of the game. We failed to dominate the game. Yes, United had chances. Um, United missed a good few chances. Um, we. We, it was sometimes it was end to end. United looked better on the counter attack, and that is the problem with this club. We should be able to be look good both on the counter attack, and when we are having the upper hand. And I saw something on Twitter by Trey uh, United United Trey. I'm sure many of you guys may know him. Those of you who go on Twitter, he said, "You my United team, we hardly have." A good game throughout the 19 minutes let alone have a good game or rather play well from match to match we even in the match when we win we hardly play well throughout the 19 minutes let it not to talk of playing well from game to game if you never play well today don't expect them to play well the next game that is where we are at at the moment and yes the season is still new We've played eight games in the season. Yes, eight games, and we've lost. Um, we've lost three already. Young boys, West Ham at the Carabao Cup, and now um, Aston Villa in the Premier League. So this is this this is a repeat of last season. Last season is starting all over again. And you, we all know when United goes on a run, some terrible things happen, and it doesn't get any easier for my United. It doesn't get any easier, you know. 
Now, um, I would like to say that Ole needs, well, we've already belabored this issue. We've talked about this issue, and some people are already actually arguing. After spending 400 million, does Ole really need to be, or should we really be asking Ole to sign a defensive midfielder? Maybe he's happy with what he's, we've got. Maybe. Maybe. Probably he didn't prioritize signing the first midfielder because he's happy with what we got. He's, he's happy with McFred. McTominay and Fred in the midfield. Apparently, he did not figure out that people would... Uh, or he did not think that people would figure out the weaknesses in that um, midfield. With when Ole... I mean, when Fred and McTominay... McTominay play together and if Bruno and Pogba are not having the best of games. Okay? So, the main problem yesterday, the game for many parts of the game was end-to-end, you know, and it was too end-to-end for comfort because um, in such a game that you want to win, you need to bust the midfield, control the game, make Villa work hard defensively, pull them around, get the goals, and you can now sit back and pick them off. That is how the game should be. But it didn't happen that way yesterday. And sadly, we sustained injuries to Luke Shaw, who left off... Um, uh, sometime in the first half and also Maguire sometime in the second half. I suspect Maguire may have been precautionary but Luke Shaw definitely is injured and I hope he will not be injured for too long. I hope his injury is not serious. Alright, so for the goal that Savila um, uh, scored by Courtney House in the 88 minute um, uh, Ole in his press conferences uh, suggested that that goal was offside and I don't know if many of you guys agree with him. Personally, I agree with him but I feel that we had it coming. We had it coming. We shouldn't be depending on the competence of referees in the Premier League to do well. We've all seen from time immemorial, even with VAR, that the referees can be incompetent. Um, Leicester had two goals ruled out last week against Brighton for such uh, for similar goals. However, Barnes was in an outside position and was directly in front of the goalkeeper, and the goals were ruled out. The same, um, the same situation did not was not extended to Manchester United, and that calls to the question of the refereeing in the Premier League. Last week, something um, something is given. The next week, it is not given. It doesn't make sense. Yes, many fans are angry with Oli. Yes, we need to be angry with Oli for a disaster. I mean, a disastrous performance by Manchester United yesterday. But is it true that what he said was correct? Is it true that? Is it, only Watkins or so was in an outside position. I believe he is true. And if we are being consistent, that goal should have been ruled out because he was directly in front of the jail and 
him being the would of course would have affected uh, the Jia's um, reaction to the goal because I'm sure he would have been wrestling with DJ and before um DJ could free himself and try to stop the goal from going in, the ball from going into the net, um he would have played a role, you know, a critical role. That split second role was is enough to distract the consideration of the goalkeeper. So uh, while all of us may be upset with Ole, it's also true to uh, accept the fact that he might be right. Okay, but then again, it does not excuse our performance because we got a lifeline immediately, almost immediately we got a lifeline, and we blew that opportunity. Now, should Bruno have taken the penalty? Did we discuss? Had we uh, had it been discussed that Bruno is the penalty taker? I don't know. There seemed to be some controversy. I don't understand why in the penalty box, players. As the players argue and all that and all that and all that. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, Rodado stood as if he was going to take the penalty. Bruno held on to the ball. So I hope we have learned the lessons. I don't, after all this time, I don't expect a club of my United stature having a penalty taker like Bruno and having someone like Ronaldo at the club. And this will not be discussed. This should have been discussed. If it wasn't discussed, I don't understand the controversy. Uh, based on Bruno's statement, which he released yesterday, apologizing for everything that happened, he did not suggest that um, he did something out of the ordinary. It appeared that it was his decision, and it appears it was it already established that he was the penalty taker. Uh, at Man United, and I think it was the right call because because people are asking why didn't Ronaldo take the penalty? I don't think it comes in. Um, in close, we have established penalty takers, and Bruno undoubtedly is our established penalty taker. He has only missed two for this club in I think twenty penalties or over twenty penalties, and that's a very fantastic record, you know. And it should still remain on penalty duties. Apparently, we will not be having many this season. Hopefully, we'll have more, uh, you know. But I hope, um, I'm sure Bruno, with his mentality, he will come back stronger, you know. It's just so unfortunate that we lost the game. Had it been we hadn't lost the game or we had won the game, it will, we would have forgotten about all this. But sadly, we need that goal to draw us level and it's... It, Penalty to be said was woeful. All right, um, I'd like to quickly talk about the individual performances. Um, DJ again was outstanding, he could do nothing about the goal. He made a few good saves, um, especially in the second half. Um, he was great throughout the game. You cannot fault the just performance, even when um, Maguire made a hospital. Uh, pass. Um, he was able to redeem himself immediately um, and save from Oli Watkins. You know, his reflexes have been outstanding. So, as for Wan-Bissaka, I think he had a good first half, but he had an indifferent second half. I think uh, many of um, Aston Villa's attacks were targeting our left-back position. So, uh, Wan-Bissaka was not really tested this in the second half unfortunately he didn't really do much going forward uh, as much as i would have liked 
Wabisaka needs to um, up his game going forward. That is his weakness. And that is why he will never play for England. He might get to play for <coughs> excuse me, the DRC, but he will never get to play for England with the kind of performances he turns out regularly going forward. England already have um, strength in depth in that position, you know, and if he needs to, if he wants to challenge Trent Alexander Arnold, Kyle Walker, Reese James, and um, the other fellow at Atletico Madrid, Kyle, what's his name again? I can't recall the, the Atletico Madrid fullback at this point in time. If you want to challenge these players and a few others like Matthew Cash, who are underrated, understated, you know, or not even hyped because of the level of talent we have, I mean, England has on that right back position, Wambisaka needs to do more. Even doing more, even all of a sudden improving his crossing ability will not even guarantee him he'll be called upon by Gary Southgate unless there's um, a, a crisis, an injury crisis in that position. So Aaron Wambisaka needs to up his game. Personally, if I was Oli, I would have gone for Denzel Dumfries if I wasn't going to um if I wasn't if I didn't fancy Diogo Dalot. If I fancy uh, if we go for Denzel Dumfries, I I guarantee you Wan Bissaka will become automatically will become the backup to Denzel Dumfries because Denzel Dumfries is that good. But we didn't move for Denzel Dumfries because we didn't want to um we didn't want to uh, make Aaron Wambisaka become second choice because you don't have such players who will obviously revolutionize our attack on the right and have Wambisaka who is not that courageous. Maybe he needs somebody like that who will really challenge him. Wambisaka doesn't really have any challenger and it makes him sloppy going forward, you know. Is content in tackling and being defensively solid at the back, but going forward, no, he's average because he wants others to do the job for him. Um, Varan, he had, um, well, I would say he had a, had a different game, he didn't do badly, he didn't do very well, in my opinion. He just did okay. Um, Maguire, the same thing. Um, well, Maguire made some very sloppy, made a very terrible mistake in the first half, you know, and uh, I hope, hopefully, uh, well, I would say hopefully, luckily, uh, Aston Villa failed to capitalize. I feel things would have unraveled if um, maybe that would have sparked us, if that goal had gone in, that would have sparked us into action, you know, earlier than what we saw yesterday. Um, but Maguire's pass was terrible, and he doesn't play like a captain. Uh, whoever suggested that he was captain material to Ole, or whatever he's going through, Ole said to make Harry Maguire the captain of this club after about uh, half a season is just ridiculous, really. Um, for Luke Shaw, 
uh, he was poor even while he was on the pitch he made two sloppy errors and United almost considered a goal that um, I think it was uh, Matthew Cash or Matt Target that uh, failed to convert you know because of his I think his sloppiness uh, going forward and his recovery run he was was taken to the cleaners uh, so he was he was bordering on average yesterday um look sure before his injury and uh, i hope the injury is not too serious after his heroics at the rules look sure excuse me has not been himself um he may get back from later in the season but maybe who knows complacency is maybe returning to his game again because Telles does not look like somebody who is going to challenge him. When United signed Telles, Alex Telles, he looked like it was somebody who could take Luxor's position from him. Uh, but apparently, Telles is not good enough. So maybe complacency subconsciously is creeping to Luxor's game. And I hope Luxor will raise the bar like he did last season. Um, in the midfield, um, between Fred and McTominay, because they were basically playing the same position, Fred was was the better of the two. He did his job decently well, but he is not one who can hold the ball or control the ball or can shoot or can distribute um, true passes and incisive passes consistently. He did one or two yesterday, especially the second half to Greenwood. Greenwood, for some reason, could... Is, was not able to get the ball ahead of him, you know, and that made him lose that chance. That split second of having the ball in front of him so that he could be one-on-one with um, with um, Emiliano Martinez, um, he lost it because the, the Aston Villa defenders were able to recover, so he had to look for you know, look for a way out of the situation to shoot another and shoot wide, you know. So um Fred was the better of the two, but ultimately they are not good enough. McTominay was invisible. He did not affect the game. He did not influence the game. And this is someone that is Scott McTominay I'm, I'm talking about now. This is someone I was hoping that if push comes to show, when people like Rashford return and we have to bring back Pogba into the central midfield position because inevitably only has to do so. Um, McTominay could be a substitute to a replacement for Matic if you can't play Matic because Matic, you can't play Matic. You don't, ex- you don't expect to play Matic 19 minutes back to back because of he's lost his legs, he's lost his pace, and after some point, he starts making sloppy passes. Right in front of you, he may pass the ball to the opposition that is just six or five years away from him. I mean, Matic could be that bad when he is tired or is having a poor game. Okay, Matic, no doubt, remains our best defensive midfielder. How come we have not replaced him or brought someone who would challenge him since he was signed by Mourinho? You know, is amazing. Really, it just shows that some people are not doing their jobs. Okay, um, 
Matic, I believe he's 33 years old, 32 or 33 years old. He has no business being the only natural defensive midfielder at this club. It makes no sense. And Ole has gotten away with it using McTominay and Fred in that double pivot role. And it is now costing Man United because any team, any decent team that is able to nullify their influence in games will probably win the game or get the point. And Ole now is actually clueless. So he has to ride the storm and hopes not too many teams are able to replicate what really because the, op- the opposition are watching. Liverpool, Chelsea, they will see this. These are the guys that will really challenge us. Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester City, they will see this. Although Ole Beg reverts to a defensive shape when he plays these teams, at Old Trafford or away from home. But if you go toe-to-toe with them, they will see this and exploit this. How can we continue like this? Really, I don't understand. Um, Bruno, he did okay. It wasn't terrible, although his penalty miss was regrettable. But he did okay. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that good. Pogba, the same thing. He Pogba didn't really influence the game as much as would have liked. Again, Pogba was average. You know, he had a good opportunity to equalize from the edge of the box, but he hit it a fraction over the bar. Ronaldo was not even involved for most of the second half. He was wasted, no service. He was not being found. He did okay in the first half, but the second half, it was a graveyard shift. He wasn't wasn't allowed to impact the game. And that is the Man United way. You know, when things don't go well for you, the striker is left um, abandoned, isolated. No service for Ronaldo to watch. How could we have someone like Cristiano Ronaldo and he'll be having no service? Really? How does that make sense? Same thing for Greenwood. He had many of the chances to pass, but he was just going on a shooting spree. I get it, but somebody should have called him to order. He's a young lad. Sometimes things like this can happen. He is much... His maturity and class is, you know, way above what Man United should expect from someone like him. So they call him a generational talent. But he's still a talent regardless. And will have difficult games sometimes. Or have games whereby he will take the wrong decisions. Look at Bukai Osaka at Arsenal. He's having a poor season. And he has had two good seasons already in the Premier League. But he's having a poor third season, at least so far, you know. And Greenwood is the same thing. Greenwood has had, um, in his first season, his breakout season, it was outstanding. In the second season, he struggled for a while until towards the latter stage or the second half of the season, and he rediscovered his form. Now, he started well again this season, but in the last two games, he has been... Mm, so, but he's a young fellow, he's 19 years old. So we should expect 
things like this. So we need to give him time and we need to, but he needs people to guide him and call him to order. And that is what is, that is Ole's job. That is Ole's job. Ole was supposed to call him to order, but he just sat down there or stood there, folding his arms and watching, frowning and allowing, just hoping that the players who, in the individual moments of brilliance, turn the game around. Ole has been spoiled. Okay, he doesn't do anything. He just sits down and discusses with Michael Carrick and uh, McKenna and um, the other bloke um, in his coaching staff. Uh, whatever his name, I've forgotten now. I can't recall. You know, they just, he just discusses with them. Just watch. They don't do anything. Nothing. They can't impact the game. Can't call your players to order when they're not. Um, Playing to playing to the instructions or doing what they're supposed to do. Nothing. He just stays there. So Ole again another big disappointment um from his team and he himself. The players he brought on Dalot did okay, did very well in a makeshift role. <clears throat> Cavani couldn't do much and um Lindelof did have a bad game. Um, I wonder if Maguire was there instead of he, whether that goal would have gotten in. Who knows? But Aston Villa troubled my United yesterday from set place, either from chosen home corner kicks throughout the game. So I won't be surprised if that goal had gotten him, whether he was there or not. Uh, Cavani lost his man, and that was why Courtney House scored that goal. So these are the things, these are the small margins. Um, what next now against Villarreal? We play Villarreal on Wednesday in the Champions League. And um, that game is not going to be an easy game. Villarreal played a goalless job with Real Madrid last night. And that is a warning sign to my United. That game will not be easy. We'll probably draw that game. As we've been drawing, we don't have a good record with Villarreal. We've been drawing all previous with Villarreal have been draws. And if I'm being realistic with you, the way I'm feeling right now about my chances, we'll probably end up drawing that game. Or even worse, losing the game. And you can imagine that a coach who has signed Ronaldo, signed Sancho, signed uh, Rafael Varane, you know, Sign these great players, yet is not under pressure after losing three games out of four in all competitions. Starting a season poorly. Ole has always started this season poorly. He has always, he has never had a smooth sailing, regardless of the position. We're not even playing the big boys yet. We've not even played any of the big boys yet. We are playing teams like Aston Villa. West Ham, uh, Southampton, Wolverhampton, Leeds United, yet we are struggling. When Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, when these teams come to town, what now happens? I'm sure those teams are watching, and many of them will implement what Aston Villa, Southampton, Wolves, and West Ham have done really and my United 
it might be a long season. One thing is sure, all the nostalgia of Ronaldo is gone. One, reality has dawned on everyone. And it is very clear that if we are going to win a trophy, it probably be in the FA Cup. And that is if only goes with a strong team. Okay. Um, the Champions League and the Premier League were in danger of things pattering now. Um, I will. I would like to see our performance against. I mean, I would like to see our performance against Villarreal for me to decide whether we'll be going through or not. Our next against Villarreal Atlanta. If we don't win any of those games, I I begin to fear that we may end up in the Europa League again. And even was completely knocked out of Europe, and that should that should signal the Glazers that Ole is not the man for the job. He should be sacked. I hope they'll be courageous enough to do it. I hope the fans on social media will be courageous enough to do it, to put the pressure on Ole. Of course, Ole will say many things, many things to. Um, to play the victim that any loss to my United is a crisis, all that crap. But um, he needs to know that the standards he set for others while he was not a my United manager is being applied to him. He has been hypocritical in his statements and people, people are not calling him out for his bullshit. Okay, so what are the positives? The only positive I can see is one, we know that there's a lot of work to do and we should keep our expectations in check. I used to think when Ronaldo came that if Ole was going to win a trophy, it would be because of Ronaldo. But I'm beginning to see that even with Ronaldo, we will we'll not win a trophy. Personally, I believe Ole will not win any trophies as long as the manager of this club. We won't. This is um, Arsenal part two, as Venka part two. If we are delivering Champions League football, to the Glazers, making money for them, I think they will be happy. And Ole will be safe in a job as long as he's delivering Champions League football. And I think that is what Ole is banking on. We have the attack to deliver us probably a top four place. But I don't think um, we'll be winning any trophies under this manager until he gets sacked. I hope if things get worse, those in power, those whose decision is to recruit, will take the the easy decision to put the trigger on Ole. For heaven's sakes, Zidane is available. Conte is available. We can get these players, and I can guarantee you, those guys will change the status, the way we play at this club. They will revolution. One or two signs by them in problem areas will change the story of Manchester United. And I don't want a rival like um, um, a Liverpool, well, Liverpool, Liverpool would not sell, sell, sell club in that way Pep go until after his contract expires in 2023, I believe. Yes. And um, so I wouldn't want a club like Spurs, a club like Leicester, a club like um, Arsenal, to go get these managers when we could have gotten them, really.
It makes no sense. The only positive for me over the weekend, really, realistically, is that our rivals also dropped points. Our top four rivals, Chelsea lost to Man City. Okay, Man City is probably on level with all of us now. We've all lost the game, you know. And um, we've all lost the game and drawn one. And also, um, Liverpool uh, were held to a draw by Brentford uh, yesterday as well. So, it was... That is the only consolation, and I think it's a good one that uh, our rivals have not pulled away. So, there's still hope that things can turn around for Ole and his team. And they really need to look at, take a hard look on themselves and begin to step up their game. Aaron Wambisaka, Luke Shaw, um, Bruno, Ole. You guys need to step up. They need to step up, really. There's no much time. The, the room for error is almost gone. Only Liverpool has not lost a game, I believe. Every other team has lost. Every other top forever has lost. Eventually, Liverpool will probably lose. And Liverpool play Man City next week. So this is an opportunity for Manchester United to start getting points. Unfortunately, our fixtures, our next set of fixtures are not the easiest. But we have no choice now but to go for broke and up our game. Uh, Only last season, when he was under pressure, his team went on good runs. We need to start repeating that again if he hopes to stay in a job. Otherwise, he will have lots of deserted fans to deal with if this kind of rot continues. Um, I just want to say something. So my United fans who are still Ole in, who are still saying Ole uh, needs to be trusted, and complaining, saying that the football of Mourinho was terrible, if we were win when we were winning with under Mourinho, the football was terrible. Now the football is beautiful. I don't get it. What beautiful football are we playing right now under Ole? Even last season, what beautiful football were we playing? We weren't playing any beautiful football, great football. Yes, sometimes we played well, we played decently well, but let's not mistake it. United basically are a counter-attacking side, really. And teams have figured out that if if Ole keeps on playing McTominay and Fred, all they need to do is be hardworking in the midfield press. The midfield press them, and the transitions will be non-existent. So people should stop fooling themselves. My United fans who who love Ole should admit, yes, we love Ole. We want him to be given time. Say the truth, but not don't... Uh, revise history. Don't twist the facts. We all are watching the games. United are not playing great football. We are not. Since the Leeds game, we've not played very, very well. We've won games for sure. We would definitely win games without playing well. But let's not fool ourselves that we are playing the great, great football. And since when the winning trophies, or since when playing football has become more important than winning trophies, what is the point of playing beautiful football without winning a trophy? That is ridiculous. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Um, sorry that the podcast took a little bit long. Um, when there are defeats and so many talking points, it tends to be this way. So, thank you so much for taking our time to listen. I'll see you 
after our Champions League game against Villarreal. Don't miss it. Bye for now.